0: Welcome to another episode of Free Basketball Grizzlies Edition. I am your host as always. I am Daniel Greer and we are presented to you by the lead sports media. This episode is going to be a banger. It's very good. The interview we have, it's top notch, top notch. But uh, we, we interviewed Mark Giannotto, um, and he was so good the stories were a plus he kept all his bad stories to himself as i ask but he was very good uh and so please give us a listen if you can do us a favor share this give us a rating five stars i don't need four four you can keep your four give me five it's all about the five baby but i want those ratings reviews give me those five stars We want to keep the momentum going. You can find me on Twitter at Daniel Greer. You can find the lead sports media at the lead SM. And we are growing the Twitter at free basketball. Ryan is doing a great job. We are starting to grow and grow and grow the momentum of this podcast that you are listening to, that you have all kind of just put your arms around and embraced is growing so if you don't follow us over at Free Basketball 3 please do so. But like I said, this is a great interview. It was one of my more fun ones. We were in and out 30 minutes very quick. I'm going to have some stuff that we want to hit on about these Grizzlies. Uh, they've been playing up and down. But I have to say they've been playing more up than down. Uh, me and Mark get into... Uh, the, the Grizzlies, for sure. But we also talk a little bit of uh, the University of Memphis Tigers, their basketball. And I make him choose which of these teams is going to the playoffs. Will the Memphis Tigers go to the field of 64 or 68, 70? It could be 77. We, we don't. Who knows? COVID could cause chaos. But are these Tigers going to the Field of 64 tourney that we all love, that I love to take off work for and watch from 11 a.m. until midnight because I am addicted to the tournament? Or does he pick these Grizzlies? We record it right before the Clippers game. And so this is a little bit backdated. His conversations that we had are not outdated. But he had to choose between the Grizzlies and the Tigers. So please listen to the interview and please share this. Uh, Y'all have just kept the momentum going and I love it. This episode is going to be one of your favorites because it is one of mine. But without further ado, let's hop into the interview this week. Today we have a doozy. We have an award winning columnist with us he used to work for the Washington Post he's been with us with the commercial pill for a while he's on the Giannotto and Jeffrey show as a co-host but most of all he is Memphis scoops he is the guy that gets the scoops and brings them to us he is our scoop daddy Mark oh, wow. Giannotto what's up Mark oh wow that is uh quite
1: the honor I don't know if I don't know if I deserve that distinction but but thank you, you know it's been four years in Memphis and uh I love it. It's been you know the best, honestly, it was a leap of faith a little bit because I'd never really been here before, but it's the best decision I ever made in my life, honestly.
0: Well, I have to say, I, I've told a few friends that uh, I was interviewing this you today, and they were happy. People love you, so you're doing something right. four years, and eh, not so bad. So, some people do. yeah, it, it, honestly as long the, the, the worst thing
1: in terms of sports talk radio and being a columnist. The worst thing is for people to not feel anything about you. Right. It's like if they hate you, you'd rather them love you, obviously, or like you, but if they hate you, at least they have some at least you're you're eliciting some sort of emotion from them. For sure. Um, so um, but I know I appreciate the kind words. Um, it's been it's been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it's been good. Um, and I know we've had an interaction around the whole hashtag no chip deal. Uh, that was a little weird. Uh, you actually uh, follow up with me that night. It was cool. Great story. Uh, so thanks for that. Thanks for kind of hearing my side of the story, which is also. Yeah. Uh,
1: it, for some nuts. reason you were the person I th- like everyone else was thinking when, when that happened was like, was thinking, Oh my gosh, John Morant, John Morant. And for whatever reason, my thought went to who is this guy who did this? <laughs> Who's the guy who did this? i I can't i could not imagine you intended to to
0: to fire up jaw no No. and now it's the uh the joke and the story i know y'all have a segment on the show every now and then you'll do some kind of uh funny tweets or kind of fire up jaw it's so funny um i always get blown up whenever that happens so uh, (laughs) always a good time uh but let's uh we do a kind of an icebreaker quick game uh you can give me i ask you a few questions you give me one word two words ten words the only rule I have on here is, uh, you give us good stories. If you have a bad story or it's not that good, keep it to yourself. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's uh, let's get started with uh, our game we call Clutch Time. All right, Mark, your first job. Okay. First job, a lifeguard. Wow. Yeah. All right. Uh, favorite place you've ever visited? Ooh, favorite place I've
1: ever visited. Oh, that is, I'm trying to think there's, see, I went to I, my parents took me to Europe a lot as a little kid okay. in the summers. Um, and it kind of, I didn't like it as a little kid. Like I wanted to be hanging out at the pool with my friends. And I always, it made me a little, like I got to enjoy I didn't appreciate it enough while I was there, you know, now in retrospect, as an adult, um, so best place i've been i mean i went to saint lucia for my honeymoon i I really liked
0: it there that was nice the double mountains the whatever they're called
1: yeah yeah the the um the the only reason i'm I'm trying to remember it's the name of the beer too they named
0: piton the piton yes yeah yeah, piton uh,
1: yeah and they have the piton beer which is actually pretty good. good it's like their their national beer and it's you know it's cheap and good um, or as cheap as it can get, and on one of those resorts. Yeah,
0: no, I love. We went to Sandals. I'm. Getting, I don't know where y'all went, but uh, it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so a bucket list item for you. Bucket list. You know what? I really. I've never
1: covered. Uh, I've never covered one of those giant events, whether it's the Final Four or the Super Bowl or the Olympics. I've never, you know, I've I've covered like an Elite Eight and a Sweet Sixteen. I covered one here in Memphis, but um i kind of want to cover a final four i think that's my number one Hmm. bucket list thing is not just to go to it as a fan but like cover one and write about it so maybe you know maybe maybe one of these years memphis will cooperate and i can can (laughs) go to the final
0: four um I, i know tiger fans would like that oh yeah that would be awesome um well uh let's keep going uh favorite movie or show of all time favorite movie probably dazed and confused
1: um i just i love that movie um and favorite show whew, um i guess it kind of depends on what age the, the the show i can watch two shows i can watch over and over again are uh the west wing and the wire i can watch both of those like anytime any day
0: those, those are classics i love them yeah. the wire is so underrated still yeah uh, do you have a uh, favorite childhood wrestler? Favorite child? I loved pro wrestling growing up. Um,
1: you know who I really like? You know, I obviously liked, you know, Stone Cold. And The I grew up during the Attitude Era, um, like yeah. a lot of kids. You know, I'm 35. Um, but a guy, I used to watch a lot of, a lot of WCW uh-huh. during the Monday Night War years, Wars years. And the guy I really liked for whatever reason is uh, Billy Kidman. Okay, And I actually got to meet, I did a story when I was at the Washington Post. Are you a big pro wrestling fan? I am, I am. Okay, um, so you said you wanted a good story. I think this is a good story. <laughs> um, my first job out of college, my first job in journalism, um, or I guess second job technically, I worked at this paper in New York covering City Hall uh, and transportation, like the subway. That was Those were my beats. I was a news reporter at the New York Sun. And then that paper shut down like four months after I started working there. And I scrambled and got a job at this like group of weekly newspapers in Northern Virginia. Uh, I was the sports editor of nine different weekly editions of these little towns in Northern Virginia. And one of them was the Alexandria Gazette packet in Alexandria, Virginia. And there's this guy, Dean Mutati, who's from Alexandria, Virginia. And I was writing about him when he was a football player that year I worked at this small outlet. And then and he played at Maryland and, you know, try, you know, was on an NFL training camp roster with the Packers and the, and the Arizona Cardinals, but never, never made it to the NFL, never right. played in a game. And he was good friends with the Gronkowskis mm-hmm. before the Gronkowski family was big. Cause he played with Gronk's older brother at Maryland yeah. in football. And, but, and Gronk's dad is a big pro wrestling guy. Um, that family is, um, and so, or he knows, I guess Gronk's dad knows a lot of pro wrestling guys. So, Dean Mutati, a long story short, Dean Mutati became Mojo Raleigh in the WWE, who right. you know is Mojo Raleigh now. And so, I did a big, like, Washington Post Magazine cover story on him and kind of the how, how you make, how you sort of uh, develop a pro wrestling character because he was down in NXT. So, I went down to NXT for like three or four days and got like behind the scenes access. And that's why if you look at my profile picture on Twitter, it's of me interviewing Triple H that was down there while I was at NXT falling around Mojo. Um, But as part of that story, I wanted to compare what it was like backstage at like a real WWE show, like a raw, as opposed to like what it's like down in NXT. So when this was when I was living in DC and at the Washington Post, When they came to Verizon Center for a Raw one night, I was allowed to go backstage at Raw. And Billy Kidman now is one of those guys in the gorilla position in the Uh back. And so I got to randomly, I got to meet Billy Kidman with, the other person in the room was Linda McMahon. She was Uh there like visiting, I guess. Um, and she heard a Washington post reporter was there and <laughs> came up and started talking to me. I, I, I kid you not came up and started talking to me thinking, I, cause she was like, this was when she was in politician mode, like trying right, to right. running for office. And I could tell she thought I was like a, a real Washington post reporter, <laughs> like not a sports reporter. And then when I quit, when I, I, once I revealed I was a sports reporter, she tried to get out of the conversation as quickly as humanly possible. <laughs> um, but in that moment, I met Billy Kidman and uh, told him about the time I attended the great American bash as a child. And they, they, they built up this feud between him and Hulk Hogan. Mm -hmm. This was like end of the run. Like this was like, this was the dying days of WWE WCW after Hollywood Hogan. Right. They, they, they turned him face one last time and they built up this match with Billy Kidman and Hulk Hogan and young me was like, Thinking Billy Kidman I was still an age where I thought Billy Kidman actually had a chance to knock off Hulk Hogan and <laughs> I went and the pay-per-view was in Baltimore and um and so I went with my dad and Hulk Hogan just it was like just a squash like Billy Kidman didn't even right. get a move in and I told Billy Kidman how disappointed I was and he goes <laughs> you and me." he goes you and me both <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> that's awesome yeah, that's, a, right. hey, that's a that's, that's a that's how I met my story. favorite
1: wrestler growing up. I met him. He's now he's now one of the people backstage in the gorilla position, right. like mapping out the show with yeah. Vince.
0: That's awesome. Uh Huge wrestling fan. I, I took I took time off between after college until my buddy made me get back into it. I don't know. There's a little split, uh, but I was an attitude era kind of guy too. Um, mm-hmm. So I love that story. Uh A plus, a yeah. plus with that one. All right, let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Let's see three or so more. Uh, What's the favorite segment on your show, the Giannotto and Jeffrey show? Favorite segment?
1: Um, Probably the list because it lets us, like, get into, like, national stuff. You can do new stuff if you want. It gives you a lot of flexibility to kind of veer off of – uh, and talk about some other things. You know, you you obviously want to devote the majority of the show to Memphis sports, right? Uh, whenever you can, because that's our listening audience. And you know, Tigers and Grizzlies and all that stuff uh, is is important to talk about. And it's interesting. It's what I'm. You know, even though I didn't grow up here, now having lived here four years, I'm invested in it too. Yeah. Just like I, you know, I'm not like a fan, but just you know, it's my job to follow it closely. And and you get emotionally invested in especially like i don't care who wins or loses I, I more care i love writing great stories and typically when the tigers are winning that's when you get better stories yeah. um or when the grizzlies are winning that's when you get better stories so um but my my favorite i like the list probably my favorite of our recurring segments i yeah. guess that would be what I, what i would say
0: yeah uh, that's also a jericho uh little spoof on that yes uh, yes love that uh, last two, uh, your favorite uh, sports moment of all time.
1: Ooh, of all time, sports moment. It's probably, so the, my first memory as a sports fan is watching uh, the Washington, they were called the Redskins, and the Washington NFL team uh, win the Super Bowl in 1992, I was seven years. old. I was like, I guess I was not quite seven years old. And the one team I would say uh, one professional team that I feel like I've kind of kept my fandom, like part of, part of the problem with working for the Washington post when you grow up in the DC area is, you know, I covered a lot of the teams in the area. Like I covered the capitals a lot. I covered the wizards. I covered the college teams while I was there among other things. And it forces you you can't, you can't be a fan while you're covering them for the Washington Post and so it took away I think some of my youthful enthusiasm but the yeah. one team I still kind of feel like a fan and and I'd have trouble probably on a regular basis writing objectively about is the Washington NFL team like I'm I you know it's a love-hate relationship obviously because right. Basically, they've they peaked. My first memory is their is their last <laughs> huge moment. Right. It's been all downhill since then since I jumped on. So, um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll go with that ninety two Super Bowl. Even though, like I like I remember watching. I can't, I, you know, I I now know all the big moments because yeah. I'm a fan. Right. But I just remember sitting there in my house watching that game as a little kid, and and ultimately became a, a Washington NFL fan
0: because of it. That's awesome. That those yeah. are the moments you'll never forget. Uh so yeah. let's get into one more. Uh the favorite athlete of any sport, who's your number one go-to guy or girl? Favorite athlete. <sighs> These are the hard-hitting questions.
1: Yeah. No, I'm trying to think of like, <laughs> cause like I, I felt I, I tend to gravitate not towards the greatest athletes. Right, like one right. of the reasons I like I I've told this story. I told this story like a lot of people who really know me know the story. Like the reason I became a, one of the reasons I like aspired to be a sports writer was one part. that I just loved sports and I was an okay athlete, but I certainly wasn't good enough to, I didn't play in college. I didn't play, you know, obviously as a professional athlete. So that was part of it, just hanging on to your love of sports. But I remember as I learned how to read, reading the Washington post sports section as a little kid. Um, wow. And I remember one of my, one of my, Strongest memories as a little kid is sitting at the table and and on the bullets at the time the Washington Bullets what they were called then um, was Tom Gugliotta who played at <laughs> NC State he was like a solid NBA yeah. player there right? for a while but my last name's Giannato. and I at the time I was like wanted to be an NBA player I was like seven eight years old and like was like dream I wanted to I wrote on a goal one of those things in school where they ask you, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And like my mom saved it. Like it, the one I wrote as like a seven-year-old was, I want to be an NBA player and then become a cab driver. That was what I said on it. Um, and, um, but Tom Gugliotta was like, I read that and I go, my last name is Giannato. I go, his name sounds like my last name. Right, like if right. that guy can play in the NBA, like maybe <laughs> I can. Like, I, I held on to that. Like, so for whatever reason, I have this odd attachment to Tom Googliata, um, and I was devastated when he started fading. And he was like, you know, one of those classic role players on the on right, the yeah. on the bullets, and they were bad too. But he was like a role player on a bad team. But then they got rid of him. Um, I remember I was devastated as a
0: kid. That's awesome. Well, uh, and yeah, probably no. No,
1: the runner-up was I loved Michael Jordan growing up too, right, like yeah. a lot of kids. Like yeah. I loved
0: Michael Jordan. That's such, yeah. That's such a almost a cop out answer, but it's still true to you. But you're like, how to find yeah. somebody else? But uh, yeah, I'm I'm the role. I'm never the superstar uh, guy. I I love Shane Battier, and so that was my guy uh, in Cal Ripken in baseball. So those are my two. Um, but let's. Uh, that that was fun. Thank you for those uh, those stories. of the gems. Um, give us a little bit about what you have going on before we get into some questions about the Grizzlies and uh, one or two about the Tigers. What do you mean, I like going on in life. Yeah, well, so you had the uh, Giannotto and Jeffrey show. Uh oh, yeah. any big things you're covering right now that you uh, that you might have coming out we need to follow.
1: Oh well, I mean, I'm you know, I'm always writing for the commercial peel. Go to commercial appeal.com. We're on the radio every Monday through Friday. You can and you can listen to the replay of the podcast at 929 uh ESP 929 ESPN.com. Um, or listen, obviously, 929. Um, you know, it's just an exciting time right now. You know, hopefully the tigers, if the tigers can keep winning. Like, this is my fi- my favorite event on the sports calendar is the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And, like, last year, like, I was legitimately depressed when the tournament got called off last year. Like, mm-hmm. it really hurt. Like, I love that Thursday and Friday oh, of the first round are, like, my awesome. favorite days of the year.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I almost always try to avoid, as be- unless I was, like, covering the tournament, I try to avoid working on those days. Um, <laughs> like, I just want to sit in front of the TV and, and my computer and whatever, and devour as much NCAA tournament as I can. Um, So these next couple of weeks with the tigers, to me, like, I think if they can pull this off and win these games to try, you know, to work their way back in the tournament, it could be like a magical run if they actually pull it off. So I'm actually like really looking forward to seeing how these next 10 days play out for the tigers and, and whether, you know, that conference tournament, like it, it, like, It just feels like they've got a shot. It's, you know, maybe it's not the greatest shot, but they've got a shot to do this and make the tournament. And if they do, if they can get, if their name's called on selection Sunday to get there, that's going to be a really fun ride, I think for the city.
0: So you're telling me there's a chance.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Yeah. So uh, we'll hit on that. Right. Probably one of the last questions. uh, We'll we'll throw to you on that one. Let's get into a little bit of the Grizzlies. Um, What's your take on this season so far? Do you think they've uh, exceeded expectations as of now, or do you think they've kind of just done what you thought they would do?
1: Oh, I think they've uh, given the circumstances with having a COVID pause, having, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. out the entire time, having Justice Winslow out for 25 of the 27 games you've played. And then, oh, by the way, in addition to those injuries, every game, they've had an additional injury or two yep. or more than that um, to be 13 and 14 right now feels like, I, I mean, that to me, that's overachieving. Right. Um, I, if you had laid out those circumstances to me before the year uh, it, and said, Oh, they're going to be around 500. I would nah, eh, no, like probably more like 10 and 17 or something like that. Like it right. uh, they, I, to me, or, or even worse, like they, they, I think they've held their head, mostly above water during circumstances that could have, you know, really made, you know, they could have really sunk uh, because of them, because of the personnel they were missing. Um, So, no, I definitely think they've overachieved. And, you know, we'll see how it plays out the rest of the way. It's a really tough schedule the rest of the way. But I think so far, so good.
0: Yeah, just being within striking distance, I think, is important Mm -hmm. for them. Just with any NBA team, I I think being just there on the edge, on the cusp, uh, on a young team, being able to uh, grab that kind of that brass ring and that that potential to get into the playoffs is huge. But uh, as you talked about the second half of the season, I know um, Evan Barnes just wrote a piece on how daunting the the Grizzlies' uh, second half schedule would be, Uh, and that's a good read as well. If you want to take time out and read that, um, free basketball family, but. What's your take on this second half Uh, to give a little bit of context to our, our our people kind of dug into the schedule. It starts um, and it's roughly two months. So it starts on the 10th of March uh, and it ends on the 16th of May. That is less than two months. That's 68 days, 40 games, 68 days, 11 back-to-back games. There's five, five different times where there's five games in seven days. There's also to end the season, seven games in nine days, what a crazy time! What's your take on that? Do you think this is even possible for them to keep it together? It's going to be hard. I mean, it's
1: just a lot. It's just the sheer number of games is is daunting. Like forty games. They they don't have they don't they they play w- w- when we're recording this. They're they're about to play um, tonight against the Clippers in a, right. in the first of two back to backs. And they've had two days off uh, prior to this. After the All Star break occurs they are not going to have two days off again the rest of the year. Yeah. So it means like they're going to barely practice the rest of the year. Yeah. They're going to hardly practice. And so when you think about that in the context of at some point, hopefully soon, Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be coming back. It, that makes it more difficult to work him into the lineup when you don't have any practices. Right. You're going to be doing it in the middle of games, basically. Um. And so what happened the other night against Phoenix, where they rested guys, I mean, get used to that. That's going to happen, I think, you know, semi-regularly from here on out, given the number of games they have. Now they're lucky in that they do have more depth than the typical NBA team. Um, They've got 11, 12 guys who have played and and have contributed, you know, significantly at times. Um, So that can help, especially if you're staggering who you're going to use in games, like they did against Phoenix. It gives you, you know, a fighting chance. I know some people are down on this. I think the computer projections like projected, you know, cause it's not just, they have a lot of games and they have a lot of road games. It's that they have a lot of games against good teams. Like it's one of the toughest schedules left as well. And and I think the computers basically project them as of now to only win 12 of 40 games over wow. these last 40. But what I would say is, and so, the, you know, it, I'm just not ready to like, just consider that like we can talk about the draft at a later date there's no yeah. need to like you know like ultimately they're in a good spot um in that they're in a good spot in that they can no matter how this plays out there is a positive consequence whether it's they're competing for a play in spot they make the play in and have a shot at a playoff uh series and that would be a lot of fun to have like the team really competitive like that or things don't go well. Let's say they win the 12 game, only 12 games. Like the projection says, well, then you're probably looking at like a top 10 pick in the NBA draft and you can add to this, you know, core of young guys. So there's not like a horrible outcome out of this, but I'm of the opinion. I'm like the type of person, like I liked when my team's playing for something. Right. And I like that part of it. Like I'll worry about the future in the future and, you know, ultimately you want, I don't know. It's just more fun to me. Like you, you, you need to be aware that there are other ways, but I just don't think, you know, fan is short for fanatic. Like part of it is being invested in your team. Part of the fun yeah. is being invested in a game to game basis. And so the longer they can do that, the better. And what I would point out to people is this, this was easy. The math was easy on this because Taylor Jenkins has coached hundred games so far as the Grizzlies coach, they are 47 and 53 in those games. Uh, over those 100 games, so they're winning at a 47% clip. Let's if they win at a 47% clip over the f- next 40 games, that's about 18.8 wins. So we can maybe round up to 19. That's 19 and 21. Let's say because of how hard the schedule is, given the the time constraints, let's say maybe that's w- w- let's say that drops to 40%. They only win 40% of the games. That's 16 and 24. I'm not, I don't think that's asking for the moon. Now, yeah. will that be enough to get him in the play in game? If they went 16 and 24, that would put him at like um, 29 and 38 for the year. Probably not enough to make right. the play in, right. but it is probably enough to make sure there's compelling basketball the entire yeah. year. Um, so I just think they've shown under Taylor Jenkins every time it feels like we're ready to say, well, this is where it starts to cave a little bit. And they, they look like a true rebuilding team. They always seem to outperform those expectations. Now, are they, you know, are they a tr- contender are, am I, are they going to make the playoffs this year? I don't know. I I'd probably t- tend to side more towards, no, they're not going to be one of the top eight teams and, and even top 10 might be hard yeah. because of how hard the schedule is. But at the same time, Over the last 100 games, Sacramento Kings haven't played at a 47% clip. You know, the the San Antonio Spurs have this year, but not last year. Um, The New Orleans Pelicans haven't done that. The the Grizzlies have. Yeah. And so um, I'm just not ready to just – yes, it's a hard schedule, but let's see how these guys do. We don't know, you know, if this season so far has taught us anything, it's that – you may be playing the Brooklyn Nets, for instance, but doesn't necessarily mean you're playing against Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you know, just because you, know, you exactly. don't know who's going to be available in each of these games. Just like, frankly, you don't know who's going to be available for the Grizzlies in each of these games moving forward.
0: Yeah, that, and that's a that's a great take on that um, because a lot of these teams are looking for games that are to rest their superstars. Mm-hmm. So are they picking the Grizzlies because, you know, they know how beat up we are that we might have to sit people as well? Um, that, that's a great take, uh, because I think you might be able to catch, uh, the schedule, even itself out a little bit with us having to rest people, other teams, resting people. And so it could be not a wash because I think we have the hardest part. Uh, but I do believe that, um, I always want my team in the mix, just trying to win. And if we don't win and we suck because we're trying, that's okay. We'll, we'll get better. We'll get the, we'll get the lottery pick. Uh, but let's, uh, a little bit and we'll get out of here. Um, the tigers the grizzlies are both kind of on the edge the outside looking in i'm going to make you pick somebody who goes to the playoffs the tournament or the playoffs this year is the tigers or the grizzlies you had to put your money in somebody which one you picking i think
1: as of today february 25th i'd put my money on the tigers Ooh. i think they i i think honestly if we're going like neither of them have greater than like it's neither of them have greater than a 50% chance right. of doing it but just given you know the path for the for the tigers is very clear and i think it's doable they're talented yeah. enough to do it um on a game by game basis the only game they're not going to be favored in the rest of the way is against houston and yeah. so um they, they i think they've got the talent to do it i think you know, the way they looked against Tulane last night, it wasn't pretty, but it also felt like, like, I felt they looked given the circumstances again, you know, being off for 18 days, look fine. Like they looked about what I expected and, and, and I feel good that they're going to look better when they play Cincinnati, the next game. And as they get more, you know, as they move further and further away from this pause that they were under. So um, I'm going to go Tigers. I bet. I, I, I'm hoping, and maybe this is more like emotional than rational, but like I want the Tigers to make the NCAA tournament. I think that'd be yeah. such a fun story um, th- this year, um, given how the season started, given where the program's been. It's been so long since they made the NCAA tournament. Um, the penny part of it, kind of him sort of erasing, you know, some of the doubts that have followed him at times, you know, in the when the season was not going well. Um, and so I I just think, and I think Tiger fans, they've been so loyal. It's, it's such a part of the fabric of the city. Like it's time for them to get back to the NCAA tournament. So I hope it happens,
0: man, the positivity, the passion. I love it. Uh, that's why Memphis loves you, man. It's, uh, it's that right there because, uh, that's really, we're a basketball town. Uh, we've always been, uh, I am very much a Memphian. Uh, you're turning into a Memphian if you don't, if you don't already know it um and so i want to thank you for coming on uh that's all we have today i um i know our, our time is short but i want to make sure you got here on time uh because uh your time is uh definitely crucial to us but uh, anything else you have before we get out of here no just thanks for having me on it was a lot of fun it was uh and,
1: and thanks for answering my phone call back then it was like a year ago now um when uh when we uh when you when a uh, job made you go viral
0: yeah, that was that was uh, great. It, for my friends and my family, uh, love, y'all here, we care about it. Nobody else really does, uh, but we all still care <laughs> about it. You treated me, uh, you and as well as Jeffrey Wright on your show, uh, you treated me uh, with the utmost respect. My story, uh, you've never bashed me, which is awesome. Some have, which is okay. I can. I, you know, some people think I was a troll. That's oh, okay. I, I wasn't. Motivated really J. J. As
1: long as Josh seemed to take it the right way, everyone exactly. Else
0: yeah, so I, I agree. So much respect to you, man, and I do appreciate you coming on. It's been a blast. Uh, the stories have been amazing. Uh, so once again, thank you. No problem. Thank you, Daniel. Man, was that fun! I want to say thanks again to Mark. Uh, he was good. the The whole interview was top notch. The guy just oozes positivity. He oozes passion. That's my kind of jam. Uh, I I love talking to him. I have never met him before. Uh, We had our kind of our back and forth when all that John Morant deal, when he called me out and that was cool. First person to contact me, the only person to contact me and man, I'm so glad I actually got to meet him uh, via zoom the way COVID does it now. But the guy was very nice, very positive and he's turning into a Memphian. Whether he knows it or not, the guy is turning into a mythian right before our eyes. Uh, and so, shout out to him. Shout out to the misses. I know they uh, have a a young kid, and we off the uh, before it recorded. We kind of briefly talked about uh, sleeping issues, and so I am right there with him. I have a five year old, uh, two year old. Uh, we have moved them to bunk beds. I don't know why. We thought it was a good idea, but we have sleeping issues officially. They come and get in our bed or come wake us up 24-7. So Mark, I feel you, man. Uh, I'm right there with you. I would love to say that it stops and slows down, but it doesn't. I'm just, I'm sorry. Hopefully you have a better sleeper than I do. I have two bad sleepers. Uh, and so, I, I hope for the best of you. But thank you again for coming on. Uh, it was an absolute blast. But let's get into these Grizzlies. It's been a fun week. I did not expect this week to go as positive as it is. But man, after dropping that one to uh, the Mavericks on Monday, we kind of bounced back. We were nervous. The schedule drops. We have those that ugly schedule that's coming up in the second half a lot of the fan base is down i i was as well because that's a lot on our young guys but the good thing i know about these team and this team right here they're young they will grind it out and they have a chip on their shoulder so another thing that tells them that they can't do it I'm going to bet on these Grizzlies because they've been doing it all season long. They did it all year last year when everybody doubted them as well. Then John Morant should not have been as good as he was. We have not seen Jaron Jackson Jr. back, but we will. I don't know when. I hope it's after the All-Star break. We're all thinking it might be after the All-Star break, but I hope we see Jaron. I love what I'm seeing with Justice now, so let's go ahead and hop him back into this lineup and Let's set the uh, the league on fire and let's uh, surprise some people and upset some uh, some fans down south. Shout out, Anthony Sane. I love what you're doing on Twitter. You're riling up those Hawks fans. I love when they get all mad and they get all up in their feelings. So shout out, Sane. Uh, but let's talk about this week. Monday, one hundred two ninety-two loss. It was a little weird. Um, it, it wasn't... The, the kind of game that I, I like necessarily. Um, I, I don't feel like we played well. Uh, John Morant, you know, had 22 points, but everybody else was just an, an average game. Luca didn't do much. Tim Hardaway killed us. Their three-point shooting absolutely annihilated us. Um, I feel like that, that game got close late, but I, I don't feel like that game was ever really that close. Uh, just being very honest on that one. Uh, but let's talk about the Clippers. We finally had two days... Back-to-back rest. Well, you know what that means. We're getting two games back-to-back. We had the Clippers. We're welcoming them in. And we handed it to them. 122-94, what a game. I, I feel like we played one of our better games. And anytime that they kind of punched us back during that game, our team responded and we kept punching and kept jabbing and jabbing and jabbing. We jabbed them to death. But we played well. Our entire our, our starters played great. But shout out Ty Jones. Stones played a great game. Put up 20 points there. Uh, but, but the next night, you know what we were getting. We took our we took our win. They beat us by 20. Not a great game all around. JV had a great game. Ja, 20 points. The rest of the team did okay. De'Anthony Melton comes back and he plays very well. We did not have justice that game. So we'll take on the fact that we took the loss without justice. Just wait till we get him back again. Kawhi Leonard, he's all over you. But the last one, the Grizzlies and the Rockets, it's a blowout. An absolute blowout. And it wasn't the starters tonight. Desmond Bain looked good. He, he got the start. There is not much there. Kyle Anderson do, doing his normal deal. But the bench unit, I could call out every one of these guys. But shout out Justice Winslow. Shout out Brandon Clark. Killian Tilly got some run. Why not? He, he kind of scared me for a second when he got dropped on his back. But Tyus Jones, another solid game. De'Anthony Melton, another solid game. This bench unit is scary good. And the weird thing about this bench unit, they used to be our starters. If you include Ja Morant and some games without Jaw, they were our starters. So shout out to those guys for continuously making this team the tough team that it is. Uh, but we have a we have a good we have another uh, March that's loaded. We're about to go into the All Star break, so give the guys some rest. But we have uh, two games at the first part of March. Tuesday the second, we play the Wizards at Washington. Going to be another good game. They play up and down. We're going to have to stop Bill or contain him enough and contain Westbrook and not let him get off for a triple-double. The rest of the guys, I feel good about Rui, um, uh, Bertans. There's nobody on that team else that scares me besides uh, Bill and Westbrook. So I think we match up well against them. We're young enough to play against them. I feel good. If we have Justice and Dylan Brooks to to guard against them, I feel good about this team's chances. I know that Westbrook can get by people. But, man, the the defense that Justice has brought so far has looked so good. He's doing a little bit of everything. And, mainly, it's the defense that just kind of, dude, he's just all over people. It's suffocating. So, I'm so glad to see him back in the Grizzlies uniform for the first time ever. But, to see him out there flying around like he is just says that he's finally healed. And, yes, he could get hurt tomorrow. Who knows? But he finally worked his butt off to get to this point, and so shout out to him. But also shout out to these Grizzlies, uh, the trainers and the staff, the decision makers up top, to make sure they are patient in getting these guys right. Uh, and then we go uh, back home. Last game of the first half, right before the All Star break, on the fourth. It's a Thursday game. The Bucks come in town. It's going to be a good one. It, they're going to play their guys. Why would they not? It's the last game of the first half. So we're going to see Giannis, and it's going to be a, a tough matchup because they do get up and down the court. Uh, but I do like that this team is kind of catching their stride. If we can just win one of those games, we're, we're breaking five. We're at 500 right there for the first half. People did not expect that. So that's a win. I want to just be right within striking distance. If we get Jaron back and all these guys get healthy, It's going to be tough in the second half, and we'll talk about that on the next podcast, you know, the Midway Park, and we'll kind of break that down a little bit more into detail. Uh, But I just want to make sure that people understand we should not be in this position, and it's because of these guys. They played their butts off. But I'm excited to see what this team's going to do. Uh, They've been surprising people all year long, and so I hope that they continuously keep pushing the pedal. And I hope that nobody gets hurt and we continuously keep growing and learn how we can strategically give these guys a rest. John Morant's going to need a rest. JV's going to need a rest. And we already know that Justice is going to get a rest on uh, on back-to-backs. We have, obviously, a lot of those. So he's going to get a lot of those uh, rest times. And when Jaron comes back, he's probably going to be the same thing. I, I would figure they're going to split those games unless they feel like we can get uh, one of them and they're going to play them together. But I just feel good about this team. Um, I, I know that Mark chose those Tigers. And yeah, they they played Cincinnati and went one. But give me the Grizzlies. I think this team has a chance to go ahead and break some hearts and continuously pushing the pedal to the metal and getting in at least a play-in play game. Dallas is going to get better. We know that. Denver slid a little bit. Golden States, you know, they're hovering. They're in and out. They have Steph. Enough said. Portland, they have Dame. San Antonio could fall back a little bit over time throughout the year. That's the only team I see that's really going to fall back too far. But this team is right there in the thick of thieves, thick of things right there. We are playing much better basketball than the teams that are under us. There's kind of a, a spread between us. If you're looking at the standings, uh, New Orleans. They're, they're five games below uh, 500, and then you go farther down. Sacramento's just struggling. Houston's struggling. They don't know what they're doing with uh, DeMarcus Cousins. They Obviously, they're going to release him or have released him. Um, and then Depot did not sign the two-year uh, extension, so I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if John Walsh is going to play throughout the year and just kind of they're going to be an okay team. But Minnesota as well. They're, they're just struggling. And whether they have Carl uh, Anthony Towns or DeAngelo Russell, whoever's in and out or hurt or both playing or really even with Malik Beasley with the suspension, they're done pretty much for the year. They're out of it. So I feel good that we're right there in striking distance. We're going to be in the, a top 10, I do believe. This team has a chance to upset some people. I feel good against Denver, Golden State, Portland, San Antonio. I feel good about those four teams as well as Dallas. And so shout out to those guys. Playing so well right now. I just hope they continuously uh, keep pushing it. And so that's all we really have this week. That This was a fun episode. I know I kind of rambled on in the very end right here, but it's okay. I wanted to make sure we kind of brought everything in. It's been a weird week. It's been a fun week. But I wanted to kind of go through some teams of last week and then uh, and then preview this week upcoming We're going to talk. I'm going to break it down a little bit more about what this first half was on the next episode and as well as the second half, what it looks like. Uh, But as you know, we want to leave this on a positive note. My quote this week is from Winston Churchill. It says, Attitude is a little thing that makes a big difference. And I wanted to be positive and have a positive quote because Mark Giannato, Mr. Passion and Positivity, he is our daddy our scoop daddy and so let me read that one more time attitude is a little thing that makes a big difference and so with that let's be positive let's lead the charge of positivity and let's have some fun in this life let's have some fun with you know covid's going around it's okay let's be positive think how we can actually affect other people's lives still doing the little things That's all we have again. Thank you so much. Please share this. We need to get this thing off the ground even more. I'm so happy about it. Keep the momentum going. Be nice and tell your friends.